the last word on business. With Fitzgerald Power, run your SME with reliable, efficient and personalised accounting services. FitzgeraldPower.ie Ian Guider from the Business Post is with us. Ian, RT has been racked by controversies in recent months. One of those has involved payments to RT contractors and staff from third parties. Uh, the doing of extra nixers, perhaps. How does RT plan to regulate that in the future? Evening, Matt. Well, what they are saying is that they are looking at models to set up a register of interest so that somebody who is either an RTE staffer or a contractor has to declare if they are earning money from external parties. So obviously a lot of controversy in the last number of months, apart from Ryan Tuberty, who was going to get money from Renault to do gigs for them. We had Marty Morrissey getting a loan of a car and also some other people in RTE doing promotions on social media for things for brands out there that would have earned them extra money. So RTE proposed that, well, we're not going to ban this, but we will set up an internal database that would show anybody who is either a staff member or a contractor how much they might earn from this. And they published some details of this today. And they're coming up with some ideas that are parts already existing in the public sector. So in the HSE, you have to declare if you earn over €73,000 whether you have external income from other activities. And they're saying that's about a salary level if you're somebody in RTE that you should be declaring your outside interest. And they're also pointing out, Matt, we have to take into account but look, these are individuals. They're entitled to earn extra money, particularly if they're a contractor. And we have to take into account people's data protection rights. So we won't just tell you, say, for instance, if Claire Byrne was chairing a conference or somebody else was writing a book or a newspaper column or whatever it is, how much exactly they're getting for it. We might have bans. So it might be, well, you might have earned over 1,000 euro, but less than 5,000. So this will be the way they're looking at this register of interest. Matt, I have to say, the government jumped on this bandwagon a couple of months ago when all the issues in RTE came about. And I know some people think, well, we should be knowing exactly what high-paying staff in RTE are doing. I'm actually not sure what use this will be to anybody. It would be certainly hypocritical of me to be saying, how dare people in RTE be earning money from chairing events or writing columns or whatever. Uh, it looks a bit of performative nonsense, but if RTE have to go through these hoops to earn the money they need to get from the government from the latest bailout, this is what they'll have to do. I know some people will say, look, we should be knowing how much people are getting from chairing a conference or whatever it is, Matt. I just don't know what actual value there is to it, apart from satisfying certain people and some Ian, constituents. Ian, can or should RT stop contractors in particular from doing no. these outside no. events? And the reason Absolutely why I ask no. this is because this is relevant to tax status. Either people are employed by RT full-time and pay tax accordingly, or they are independent contractors who, to maintain their correct tax position, have to be earning outside of RTE. Matt, this is totally separate from that matter RTE has had with the Revenue Commissioners about people who should have been probably on staff contracts but were considered outside contractors. This is about the external earnings of some people who are high-profile figures in RTE who chair events, who get money for speaking at conferences and for making speeches. This has nothing to do with that type of thing. And if somebody in RTE, Matt, happens to be quite good at a certain area and writes a column about it or makes a speech about 
about it, or is somebody who can actually chair an event? It's not an easy gig, I can tell you that. Well, why on earth should we know? What has that got to do with their on-air business unless it's a direct conflict of interest? You're going to find very few instances, Matt, here where somebody has a conflict of interest, where they're talking about something or writing about something where they've got a direct financial consequence. I just think we're conflating a whole lot of different things here. But sorry, aren't there always rules? For example, for broadcasters... Sorry, they have to get... Yeah, but they haven't always got permission. I think that's a particular issue in one department at present, historically, as to what permissions were actually sought and actually granted to people going out and doing gigs. But isn't it right that there are certain conditions put on? For example, broadcasters in news and current affairs in the independent sector cannot do advertising, for example. That's why, for example, you won't ever hear my voice doing an advertisement. So shouldn't this say, shouldn't these rules be extended to give transparency to people? The blurred line here, Matt, is people not adhering to either getting permission or when they are doing what they are doing, making sure that it is clearly labelled sponsored promotions or advertising. You're going to have certain people in RTE, Matt, and we're thinking of DJs and various people like that doing social media promotions. That's very different from somebody in RTE who might happen to be a very good conference chair turning up to chair an event. Now, there is a distinction there, and perhaps that distinction needs to be clarified, and people should know that they have to get permission in advance and making sure it's signed off on. But also, Matt, again, it comes down to the fact that some of these people may be contractors. Yes, they might be earning a lot of money compared to what some other people earn out there, but they are at the mercy of people either liking them or liking what they are doing. So they could be gotten rid of, so they are looking to maximise their revenue. And again, Matt, I point this out again. There are people out there, you and I do this, Matt. We go and share conferences. Is it of anybody's business what we earn from that? Okay, listener says, I work in the public sector on much less than 73k and I'm not allowed to have any external income that might conflict with my role. Example, working with other media agencies. I can't well, accept gifts above five job. euro from anyone who has a commercial go relationship with my organisation. Why should RTE be different? Okay, let's go to other things. Uh, tell us about the profitability of the hotel group Delata. Yeah, a bumper half year for the last. The biggest hotel chain in the country, and fast one of the biggest hotel chains in Britain, announcing half year results today. Earnings up 24% to 103 million euro. Revenues up 29% to 284 million euro. They are pointing out that room rates across the board are hotels in Dublin, around the country, and in the UK, up by double digit amounts compared with last year, but also up substantially since their half year ended. They are pointing out there is huge demand for international travel, particularly in their biggest markets, which would be Dublin and increasingly in London. They're also pointing out that they have a huge expansion planned over the next couple of years. They've got around 750 million euros to spend. Most of that will be going into the United Kingdom, where they plan to add around 5,000 bedrooms in regional cities across the UK. I know a lot of people take an interest in what their room rates are. They're pointing out that in the first half of the year, the average room rate or the average revenue they were making per room was around €112. That increased over July and August to around €140. And in some of their hotels in Dublin, it got up to as high as €177. And they do point out that they are monitoring consumer trends. And so far, the inflation crisis or even those increase in room rates isn't having an impact on bookings. One final one. 
the owners of Air, who are they and how much money have they taken out of the company for themselves since they took control of the former state-owned company? Well, aren't they doing well? About five or six years ago, Air was taken over for, I think, the half-dozen time by a French businessman called Xavier Niel and his company NJJ and also his other business called Iliad. And they've announced today their half-year results or their quarterly results showing an increase in revenues and an increase in profits. Not too bad. Profits up in the last three months by 3% to 145 million euro, but also disclosed in their results today, a dividend was paid out to the shareholders of 118 million euro. And since they took over the company in the last, as I said, I think it was 2017 when it was announced, they have taken out dividends of around 1.8 billion euro. Now, a lot of that came from the fact that they sold off around 49% of their fiber broadband business to investors, I think about two years ago. And that released an awful lot of money, but they have consistently paid themselves dividends. But Aircom throws off an awful lot of cash, Matt. It's a mature business. They are the biggest player in the broadband market. They've got one million mobile phone customers. So they're throwing off cash and they are taking some of that back for themselves. Thank you very much, Ian Guider of The Business Post. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.